1: Sean, let's dive into the final piece to this. This is going to be – let's have a little lightheartedness fun. Let's do it. So, as we look at the – you know, Lindy's came out, so you knew I had to go buy that. I went out yeah. to the grocery store like three straight nights. So, thinking, you prefer Lindy's over Athlon? No, I prefer I prefer Lindy's over Athlon because Lindy's is out now and Athlon's not. Okay. I, I buy, The only one I don't Athlon. buy is Phil Steele. Yeah. I, I buy all of them. I'll buy Street & Smith. I'll yeah. buy – and it was Sporting News for a while – I'll buy Athlon. The only one I don't buy is Phil Steele because it's just – it's like reading a foreign language or code. It's like I just – I can't – there's just too much Phil's just – I can't do it.
2: I would collect them on our summer trips and we would be driving and my parents would be driving us down south mm. or like down out west to Oklahoma oh, yeah. or somewhere for trips, and we would stop stopping the gas station. I went in every gas station with my dad because I wanted to see regionally who was on the front. Yeah, Of the magazines. That was like one of the best parts of the trip, stopping at the gas station and checking out the the magazines.
1: Absolutely. And uh, uh, I'd be lying if I said that my wife and I didn't go on a cruise recently, uh, recently, like 10 years ago. Yeah. And uh, when she looked at my backpack and saw that I had five preseason magazines, she was like, seriously? Hey, you know. Hey. Be a lot of reading time. You that's got right. your Karen Kingsbury book. This is what I got. This is what I, okay? <laughs> this is what I got. Uh Lindy's is only one out so far. That's why I'm I'm reading Lindy's. But that's out. We've seen all these online preseason top twenty fives. Mm-hmm. So what Sean and I are going to kind of have some fun with here as we wrap up is looking at who are the teams that we believe are overrated and underrated. I think that Notre Dame is in an okay spot with most people. Yeah. Like they're between like six to ten. I've seen one at like 12 or 13. Those are outliers. I think six to 10 is I'm comfortable with. I would probably have them higher than like eight or nine. But it's not like they should be five and they're eight. You're idiots and you're way off. Like, Come on. It's like a few spots and whatever. We can have this conversation. Right. So I think they're close-ish to where they should be. And we'll have a show down the road where we'll talk about where we specifically think Notre Dame should be ranked because we'll come out with our own top 10 at some point time this summer but they're looking around the country about where other teams are ranked. We are going to give you three teams that we think are overrated coming into the season and why Mm
2: -hmm.
1: three teams that we think are a little bit underrated coming into the season. And then we're going to give you a sleeper team. So, and then like I said, we'll wrap it up by talking a little bit about Clemson. So Sean, the first team that you and I believe is overrated is uh, the same our first and third are the same. I don't remember who your second was. Did we have the same three? I had an SEC team number two. Uh,
2: SEC, I had Florida.
1: Okay, then we our number two is not the same, but our number okay. one and our number three is the same. Florida our Florida. number one, yeah. And I know someone in your family that two people in your family are not going to like this very much. But I think the ranking of USC is absolutely patently absurd.
2: Absolutely. Like, so
1: you're telling me that Lincoln Riley is going to go to USC, take some of his coaches and players. Yeah. Yeah. Inherit a team of four and eight last year and be better than what they were at Oklahoma last year. That's the thing. Oklahoma hasn't been in the playoff the last two years. Oh. You know, and Oklahoma goes out and gets, I mean, they didn't even have, Lincoln Riley didn't coach the bowl game. Bob Stoops did.
2: Right. Right.
1: And so, you know, it's not even like you could say like Oklahoma, you know, finished the year in the top 10. Uh, that's because of what Bob Stoops did, not because of what Lincoln Riley did, because going into that bowl game where, where the, I'm trying to look what their ranking was going to the bowl game. Let's see here, where's the schedule? Yeah, they were 16th going into the bowl game. They had climbed up to number four, uh, no, they're number they're number eight or number eight in the rankings, and then they got smacked by Baylor. And then they j- fell to thirteen, barely beat Iowa State, seven and six Iowa State team. Then went to Oklahoma State and lost, fell to, and they were tenth, and they fell to sixteen. So you're going to tell me he's going to be ten spots or so higher at USC yeah. than he was at Oklahoma just just because he took some of the players there, and some of the coaches, and his best assistant coaches still in Norman, O line coach, yeah and inherits a team that went four and eight last year and lost their best players. That's absurd. Yeah. I just look, is USC going to be better? No question, but six and six is better. Eight and four is better. How much better to me? That's the difference. And, and I just, I, I think it's insane that that people are predicting USC as a playoff contender.
2: They're just not ready in the trenches. No, and you can talk about both sides. Game, the last game of the season, and Notre Dame's going to push them around. Yep. They're going to push them around. But I look into the in the conference. Utah is going to push them around.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: UCLA, you UC, see, Oregon's going to push them around. Yep. There are too many teams that are good on both sides of the ball in the trenches, and I just don't see them running through. Just being able to line up. Especially if he's going to line up. Well, we know he would prefer to run counter all day
3: Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and go play action.
1: And like the G wraps and the yeah, Right.
2: He would prefer that. He can't do it this year. He he can't do it. So you got to move people to do that stuff. Yes. And Caleb Williams is probably going to have to throw the ball on average 45 to 50 times a game for USC to have a chance. Once again, defense side of the ball, defensive line, not stout enough. They what had some talent transfer in at the linebacker position, so the linebackers should be much faster than what they were. They had some injuries in their recruits over the last two cycles that are really damaged of their depth at the linebacker position, and normally they're able to recruit defensive backs in mm-hmm. the state of California, but
1: they still Don't have skill. Yes. I mean. And that's why we're not like, oh, they're going to go 4-8 and again. They're going to have skill. Not only the guys coming back, but the guys that they brought in as transfers. They're going to have skill. This isn't a 7-on-7 league. Yeah, This is still tackle football. It may not be in 10 years, but for now it's still tackle football. Yeah. So I just – I don't understand – I don't understand that obsession that people have with USC. Again, because it's not even like Oklahoma the last two years has been Oklahoma. I mean, Oklahoma has had two back-to-back – perceived down years
3: yeah
1: now their down years are still like you know nine and two ten and two and things like that but they have they have underachieved the last two years yeah and i just don't understand why people perceive them the way that they do and uh, it, it, it really it's a little mind boggling to be completely honest with you i mean they struggled to beat texas both of the last two years and texas has been has stunk the last two years yeah they've struggled against iowa state the last two years they have so i just i don't understand i don't under i don't understand it yeah they lost to iowa state by a touchdown and that two wins over Iowa state by a touchdown in the last two years so i just don't understand this is at oklahoma so i i don't i don't get the I think Lincoln Riley is a very good, a, a brilliant offensive mind, but he also hasn't proven that he can turn a program around. He inherited a great situation, yeah, right. Like, you know, I just I I I think they're vastly overrated.
2: And let's let's be real. Let's be real. They go to Utah. They go to UCLA. They go to Stanford, a team that dominated them physically last mm-hmm. year, and Stanford was injured, Brian. That wasn't the best Stanford team. Right. They're going to be better. They physically dominated USC last season. Right. That's not an easy win. They go on the road to an improving Oregon State program, and then Notre Dame. That's like they have the capabilities of losing four to five games easy.
1: Yeah, yeah. What I mean, and will they? I don't know. But there's – I mean, look, like you said, at Stanford, home against Fresno, at Oregon State. Oregon State's an improving program. That's an
2: improving team. right? That's Arizona State mean, at home
1: right. – right. Arizona State and Washington at home should be wins. At Utah.
2: Yes, that's tough.
1: By week, at Arizona, should be a win. But Arizona's yeah. getting – they're getting better. Mm-hmm. Cal at home, Colorado at home, should be wins. And then you look at um, – you look at, at UCLA and Notre Dame. So, a team that lacks depth – a team that lacks physicality mm-hmm. is going to play their two most physical opponents in the last two games of the year. And, you know, I just, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't see it. I Nine and three at best is USC to me.
2: Yeah. At best.
1: And that puts him in the top 25. Right.
2: Yeah.
1: But, you know, I just, I, 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 I don't see it. With USC this year, and 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 it wouldn't shock me if they're if they're nine and one and ranked in the top ten coming into the UCLA game. I hope they are. Right. You know, like oh. I could see them. You know, losing only to Utah, and because they they don't really because we talked about like Oregon State, they're still not very good football teams. No. It's a pretty soft schedule. Yeah, they play Rice non conference, Fresno non conference. They don't play Oregon in the regular season. They don't play Washington in the regular season. Although Washington wasn't that good last year. We play Utah because they're in the South. Yeah. And then they play UCLA in their name. So I mean I just I don't I don't see what USA. Number two, my number two most overrated team. And I think you and I have a difference of opinion on this one. Not that we think that the other's overrated but just who the number two is. Texas
2: AM. Yeah I gave you is the wrong cr- team. Right. You have A and M as well? No. Who did you have at three? Because I, I Michigan. Yes. Okay. We did have the same one in three yeah, yeah. go mm-hmm. ahead go ahead. I gave you the wrong two,
1: though. I still gave you the wrong two. Who's your two? North Carolina State. Okay, I, I want to hear your thoughts on that. I'm going Texas A&M. Okay, and and the reason I'm going Texas A&M is because it, it, again, it's like they are now they are the new Michigan mm-hmm. for the pollsters. Remember, for like during Harbaugh's tenure, like every year, this is the year that Michigan, you know, make. I just think it's funny that Michigan made the playoff the one year that they weren't getting any respect going into the season. Right. But there was always this, like, oh, this is the year that Michigan shows up. And it's like last year, it was like, you know, Iowa State, North Carolina, and, and Texas AM was the top six. They were, I remember some polls had them like between six to eight last year. One had them at like five of the preseason right. deals. And they go eight and four because they're, oh, but they were nine and one the year before. Okay. Nine and one in an SEC only schedule in a year where COVID was just a mess. Mm-hmm. They got smacked by Alabama, barely beat a four loss. Uh, Florida team, and who else did they beat? Mississippi State, Arkansas, South Carolina, LSU, who stunk, Auburn, Ole Miss game got canceled, at Tennessee, fired their coach, and who do they play? They beat Vanderbilt by five, and then they go to a bowl game, and they beat North Carolina by 14, but it was a competitive game, and North Carolina didn't have Deami Brown, they didn't have Michael Carter, they didn't have Javante Williams, and they didn't have uh Chas Surratt. I mean, Sam Howell was the only top player for North Carolina that played in that game, and they still couldn't really blow them out the way they did. Yeah. So they were overrated at number five. So then they're a preseason top 10 team coming into this year, and they go eight and four. And it was, a, in my opinion, in an embarrassing eight and four, to be honest with you. You know, they have the big – and they beat Emma. You beat Bama and win eight and four. Yeah. You know, and, and barely beat Colorado, who's garbage. You got smacked by Arkansas, and that Arkansas game was only a 10 point game because the quarterback got hurt. KJ Jefferson got knocked out in the second half. And then Arkansas just stopped, just started handing the ball off. You lost at home to Mississippi, freaking state. You lost to Ole Miss on the road by 10. And then you got beat by freaking LSU, who had already fired their head football coach. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just like, oh, but, but, but they beat Bama.
3: <laughs>
1: you know, so I just, I don't get it. Uh, I don't see this as a top 10 team. No. I don't think they're a top 15 team. No. That, and then they also lost some pretty good flipping players to the NFL. And in Jimbo's four years at Texas AM, he's lost at least four games in all but the COVID year. And, and as I said, Sean, they lo- and, and the other thing we're not talking about is they lost Mike Elko, too. I mean, that's the thing. is Mike Elko's gone, and he was part of the reason they were even as good as they were, in my yeah. opinion. And so I just – I do not get they lost Kenyon Green, who was the first-round pick, The Marvin Leal Lale- was a third-round pick, Michael Clemens. They lost two of their starting defensive linemen, and they lost Isaiah Spiller, who's the fourth-round pick. So – I mean a bunch of freshman defensive linemen are going to come in and replace those two studs no. and you're going to be better than this year? No. You know, you're you're going to take a kid that transferred him from LSU, couldn't stay healthy and could barely win the job there and and that's your answer quarterback when you couldn't even you know, I just I think A&M's incredibly overrated. Overrated? Incredibly overrated. I and what? I think Alabama is going to absolutely murder them this year.
3: Yeah.
1: I mean, I don't think I don't think that game, Sean, is gonna be competitive. And, and I think their schedule is tougher than than I think their schedule is gonna be challenging as well. And and okay. let me just quickly go through their schedule. They play Miami at home. That's not gonna be a cakewalk. No. They play Arkansas in Dallas, like or in, in Arlington in the Cowboys home. But at Mississippi State, at Alabama, that's four of their st- that's four That's four straight games, Sean. They play Sam Houston at the start. It's a really good FCS team, but they'll, they'll kill them. They play App State at home. They play Miami at home. Arkansas, Neutral Field, at Mississippi State, Alabama. That's the start to their season. Then they get a bye week. Then they're at South Carolina, who's getting better. You got Spencer Rattler. Then they have Ole Miss at home, mm-hmm. Florida at home, at Auburn, home against UMass, and then home against LSU.
2: That's pretty tough.
1: That's not an easy schedule, and they're yeah. gonna they're gonna go ten and two, eleven and one against that. Yeah, no, not yeah. happening, not yeah.
2: happening. Yeah, I'm going back and forth. I said NC State. So I let's want... hear the reason why
1: for NC State, because I because I'm because I'm I have some thoughts on NC State. I want to hear your thoughts on why. Yeah, my thoughts are they're like top fifteen, twenty, like everybody's like top fifteen, like, twenty. Maybe might win the ACC this year. Yeah,
2: but their departures remind me of what North Carolina lost and Sam Howe came back and he was pretty much by himself in that offense and he struggled early and then kind of right at the ship. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Devin Leary is kind of going to. He's not going to have that left tackle, right? He's not going to have both of his running backs and everything's going to be on his shoulders. And I think early on they might lose a game. That they are not expected to lose, and they might. And I mean, the expectations for North Carolina State are probably what ten and two.
1: Yeah, I mean, you've got Sean. You got people having them as like a top fifteen to. I've seen thirteen. I've seen fifteen. I've seen nineteen. Yeah, like somewhere around there. I mean, I just
2: I just worry about Devin Leary having to do too much. Yeah. Early on,
1: so. I like what you're saying because you're not saying you think he's overrated because I love Devin. Leary. No, 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 not at all. But he's just not a guy that can just put a team on his shoulders. Yeah. We saw that with Sam Howe last year, Sean. Exactly. I mean, he can't do that. I mean, yeah. like that was that's your point. That's the yeah. point you made. Is like yeah. we saw what happened when Sam Howe lost all those weapons, and he could put that the team around him wasn't good enough for him to put him on his shoulders. He's not Lamar. Yeah. Right. And and they'll get better.
2: And by the middle of the season, okay. But yeah, You know, I'm, I'm not so sure early on. And their schedule's not super easy either. No.
1: They start at ECU, which is not a cakewalk. No. They have Texas Tech at home. They play at Clemson, home against Florida State, not going to be easy, at Syracuse. Syracuse is a ascending team, in my opinion. Home against Virginia Tech, home against Wake Forest, no cakewalk. Home against BC, no cakewalk. At Louisville, at North Carolina. There's a lot That's of it. losable games. Those
2: four weeks from yeah. Wake Forest to, to uh, North Carolina. North Carolina. That's Because I think Wake Forest is – I would take Wake Forest right now.
1: Even, even with it being at NC State?
2: Yeah. I would take Wake Forest right now. I think North Carolina by the middle of the season. I think Notre Dame is catching North Carolina at the right part of the yeah. season, which is early yeah. on.
1: Yeah, you I and think- I agree on that.
2: Yeah, because they were a young team last year. I think they're going to be even. They better. were
1: overrated last year. They're being a little underrated. Yeah, this underrated year. this
2: year, yeah. absolutely. That's like I said. That's a tough I think sport.
1: I feel the the way you feel about Wake is the way I feel about Boston College. That game, okay. I, I that game against Boston College. Let me say this about NC State. I love Devin Leary. He is I, I just he's a winner. Yeah. My biggest concern with NC State is more about Dave Doran.
3: Mm.
1: He just has not shown me he has he can put he can string back to back good seasons together. That's. And and it's years when the team is kind of expected to be good is when he's had some issues. Yeah. Like it's almost kind of like he played he he's better when the expectations aren't high. Yeah. And they're gonna be high this year. I mean, this no consistency. It's like three and nine, eight and five, seven and six, seven and six, nine and four, nine and four, four and eight, eight and four, and then and then nine and three last year.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, and and, yeah, I I think they have the talent. To be a top twenty team again,
2: oh yes, I but I just that. don't
1: have a lot of faith in Dave Doran. Yeah, that that's where I'm with you yeah. on that one. He's yeah. got to show me he can string together back to back years. Because I would argue his 2018 team was disappointing. I mean, they went nine and four, but I would argue they were they were a disappointing nine and four.
2: Yeah,
1: that year. I mean, that that they they the schedule was set to where they should have been better than that. I mean, they lost at Clemson. You expect that lost to a and in a bowl game, got embarrassed, lost at home to Wake Forest, lost at Syracuse by 10. Yeah, Their other wins were James Madison, Georgia State, Marshall, Virginia at home, who wasn't good that year. BC at home, wasn't good that year. Florida State at home, wasn't good that year. Uh, this is this is 2018. That's the year that Notre Dame destroyed yeah. Florida State at home when this game Ian got hurt. Uh, won at Louisville in 2018. They weren't that good that year. Beat North Carolina on the road. They weren't that good that year, and it beat East Carolina. So, I mean, North Carolina, if you remember, 18, they were two and nine. That was a Larry Fedora coach team. Yeah. So they went nine and four, but that was a very unimpressive nine and four. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they were expected to be better. And so I just I just don't have a lot of faith in Dave Dorn. And I even think his best team, the 17 team, underachieved when you consider the talent they had on that football team. Yeah. I mean you had Ricky Person a different. running back. Yeah. You had your entire you had a you had defensive lineman that didn't even start on that team that got that, that yeah. played in the NFL. Yep. Your entire starting D line was fourth round or higher. You had a, a starting middle linebacker that's now starting middle linebacker for the Super Bowl runners up, Jermaine Pratt. Right. You had NFL players a lot of, and you were cool. nine and four. Yeah. You know, so so I just I, I'm not a huge Dave Dorn. Fan as a coach, I just don't think he's. I don't think he's been able to kind of. I mean, oh, and and your quarterback is Ryan Finley. Yeah, who's a good quarterback. Good quarterback. So I'm sorry. I said Ricky. Um, I said uh, I meant I meant Naim Hines is who I and Jalen Samuels is who I meant to say they had a running back. I said Ricky. Um, Ricky Person, but that's what I'm referring to. So anyway, Sean, I, I think NC State's my second, and then Michigan's my third because I'm seeing a lot yeah. of Michigan in the top ten stuff. Yeah. And um yeah. sum it up because I, yeah. I think Michigan's season this last year was very fluky. Number one. I think they had a lot of games you look at and say, I just don't know if that's repeatable. Yeah. You know what I felt about last year's team, Sean? And I mean this as a compliment to Michigan. This is not meant to be an insult to Michigan. Michigan's football team last year reminded me a lot of Notre Dame's 2012 football team. In that yes. they were a good running team, great mm-hmm. line play, had some high level players on the on the defensive line, good skill but not great skill. Won a lot of close games. Some of the teams on your schedule weren't as good as you thought they were going to be. You know, like like Michigan beating Washington early was a lot like Notre Dame's beating Michigan State early that year. Remember, Michigan State was like preseason top ten, and and. You know, they ended up being like seven and six that year. But Michigan last year beat Rutgers by a touchdown. Should have lost to Nebraska. Uh, Lost to Michigan State. Struggled against Penn State. Should have lost that game. Great, great finish to the year, right? A a lot like Notre Dame did that year. Once they kind of gained some confidence, you know, beat Ohio State, great win. Beat beat, Ohio, great win. And then they go to a postseason game. I view those two wins as kind of like beating Stanford and Oklahoma in 2012 right? Stanford was every bit as good as Ohio State was last year as a team, yeah, you know, top five-ish kind of team. Yeah. Uh, Notre Dame beats them. I think that Ohio, Michigan's win was more convincing than Notre Dame's, but that's also because Stanford had a much better defense than Ohio State had. Beating Iowa was a lot like beating Oklahoma that year, right? Yeah. Being Iowa in the, in the conference championship game. And then they go play Georgia and they just prove they don't belong. And then now you're going into this year – the recruiting at Michigan in recent seasons has been very disappointing. So I don't think they're going to be able to just reload the way that people think that they will, you know, losing Aiden Hutchinson and David Ajabo, there's not natural replacements to to, to do that. And, and no. that's kind of what Notre Dame went through in 2013 when they went from national runners up to nine and four, you know, lost Manti didn't have a natural replacement for him. You know, lost uh you know, lost um Zach Moore. No, they didn't lose Zach Moore. I'm trying to think. Lost Zeke Mata, you lost Manti. you lost Cap. You didn't have a natural replacement for him because your recruiting was so thin. Um that th- to me, that team just lost, lost Theo, yeah, lost Sierra, you know, just lost some really important pieces to that team. Kavari was there, he was still young. You just you just didn't have the same recipe. Yeah. Right? And yeah. some of those games you were winning in close games, you lost the next year because you were you were winning a lot of it was, let's be honest, smoke and mirrors, right? And so, you know, I just yeah, this the off season injury to Stefan with the hernia. So he was never the same player. They just lost some really important pieces to that football team, Sean. And yeah. I think when you look at Michigan, I would argue they even have less impact players coming back because at least Notre Dame still had Eifert coming back. You had Zach Martin coming back in 2013. You know, you saw Chris Watt coming back. You know, you still had Lewis Nix coming back. Yep. You know, you still had some guys coming back from that football team, and I just don't know if I could say that Michigan has that. You know, and I don't and so, see it. yeah, and and. It. You know, you, they're going to hang at, their hat. They're going to hang their Jamore Slaughter, hat uh, Zeke, Theo, Manti, yeah. Tyler. Oh, they did lose Tyler Eifert off that 2012 team. That's another yep. one. That, I couldn't remember if they lost Tyler or not from the 2012 team. They lost him too. Sorry, my apologies. Continue with what you're saying.
2: No, I'm just saying, Michigan, they're going to hang their hat on their offense.
1: hmm
2: And don't forget, they lost both coordinators as well. Right. That's a whole nother thing. Yep. And – Will McNamara hold off, right? The charge, you know, to, to keep the quarterback position. I will say, they have those quick athletes that are mm-hmm. good with the ball in their hands.
1: Yeah, especially with Ronnie Bell coming back.
2: Ronnie Bell, right. AJ Henning, they like have two, Coburn, Mike uh, Coburn. Yeah. yeah, they have two or three of those guys that can make their offense dangerous to cover. And you know it'll be about their offensive line and whether mm-hmm. or not they can be dominant. But like you said, just overall talent. They lost they lost Dax Hill on the back end. That's they lost three first round picks. Look, yeah. let's be honest. Yeah, David Ajabo was a second
1: round pick in the same fashion, in that Jalen Smith was a second round pick. Yeah, it was because of an injury that happened after the fact. Jalen right. was in the last game of the year. Ajabo was in prep work. Right. David Ajabo is a top fifteen pick, most likely if he doesn't injure his knee. And Dax was a first round pick. Aiden Hutchins was number two overall. They they lost three first round picks from that from that defense.
2: Right.
1: In my opinion. Like first round talents. Let me rephrase yeah. that. They didn't lose three first round picks because he wasn't picked. Right. They lost three first round talents from that defense. And Hassan Haskins losing him is being is is being is not getting enough credit because of Donovan Edwards. And I like Donovan Edwards, but Hassan Haskins was a was a physical beast the second half of last year. Dependable. Like I'll and he him. just, I mean, he yeah. like yeah, the line played great, but you had him just hammering, yeah, Ohio yeah. State in that game. Thanks for the super chat, by the way, K Grant. Really, really appreciate that. But I agree with you. I think Michigan's overrated. And again, is Michigan going to suck? No, they're not going to suck. I mean, the reality is, is their schedule is so soft that that alone could get them, you know, a little a little higher ranked. I think than they than they than they should be. To be honest right. with you. Because I mean they're non-conference, Sean. I mean it's it's embarrassing for Michigan to have have this as their non-conference. A team that's all for years, for decades, has played good, great non-12 schedules. Yeah. yeah, this is their non-conference schedule. Colorado, all at home. Colorado State, Hawaii, UConn. They don't play Wisconsin.
2: Yeah,
1: this is their schedule. Those three teams, and they have Maryland at home, at Iowa, at Indiana home against Penn State, by home against Michigan State at Rutgers, home against Nebraska, home against Illinois at Ohio State. So their schedule's not super tough, but they're yeah. going to lose at Iowa, I think. Yeah. They're going to lose at Ohio State. And then between, between Nebraska, Michigan State, and Penn State at home, they're going to lose at least one of those games. Yeah, That gets them to 9-3 and three against a crap schedule. That's not a top-10 team. People are talking about them being a top-10 team. They won't be. And Ohio State is gonna flat out destroy Michigan this year.
2: Oh, they're they're chomping at the bit to get back in Michigan. Yeah. Chomping at the
1: bit. Yeah. And and the thing is, the reason I say that, it's not just, oh, it's payback time. That's not how really football works. It's that's part of it. It's because it's because they lost their best athlete in the secondary. Yep. And they lost the two pass rushers that negated their speed. You're not gonna have those guys this year. That pass rush is gonna hit home like it did last year which means you're going to have to cover longer than you did last year. And that's not a good recipe. No. And and I don't think Ohio State's going to be any great shakes on defense this year. They're going to be better than what they were last year. And unlike the Notre Dame matchup, because I'm going to say things about that matchup that are going to sound a lot different than what I'm going to say about the Notre Dame, Ohio state matchup. But the difference is game one versus game 12 in that system. There's a difference. And so that's the other reason too. So that's that's my third overrated team, Sean. I think nine and three is the best that they can do, and against that schedule, nine and three is not going to be that great. No, and I wouldn't be great. completely shocked if if they're eight and four. All right,
2: I wouldn't In, be completely your,
1: shocked.
2: You're overrated. I mean, you're underrated squads.
1: Same conference. Yeah. My number one underrated team this year is well, yeah. My first underrated team. I don't know if they're my number one. I, I I'd have to think about the one and two, but the first one is Penn State. And, and I don't normally say that because Penn State's normally very overrated, in yes. my opinion. Yes. But – and this is also part of the reaction to kind of some things that were said on our show this week. I I don't – I think Penn State it, it has been weird the last two years. They're 11-11 in the last two years. They have been a very strange team. And, and, you know, Sean Clifford's not a great quarterback by any stretch, but I feel like he is a kid that when he is healthy and right, they win. And and when I look at Penn State the last couple years and I look at, for example, last year, you know, you go on the road and you beat Wisconsin to start the year off. It's a good win. You beat Auburn at home. That was a good win. They beat Villanova, beat Cincinnati 24 nothing, and they are smoking Iowa in the first half of that game. It was like it was like 20 to 3 or something like that, right? Right. And Sean Clifford gets hurt. And Iowa comes all the way back. And I mean, Penn State couldn't complete a pass in that game. They end up losing 23 20. They get a bye week, and then Clifford comes back against Illinois, but he's not 100% or anywhere close to it. And they lose at home to Illinois. And then the next week at Ohio State, they give Ohio State a game. Then they smack Maryland, lose a very close competitive game to Ohio State, smack Rutgers, and then lose a really close game at Michigan State. So they lost at Iowa, who was a Big Ten championship game representative. They lost at a 10-win Michigan State team by three. Yep. They lost by three to Iowa by three to Iowa, lost by nine to Ohio State in a very competitive game, lost by four at home to Michigan, who was a playoff team, and then they lost in nine overtimes to Illinois. They were a really quality, and then their wins for the most part were not close, right? I mean, you know, they had a close one over Wisconsin, close one over Auburn, blew up Villanova, blew out Indiana, blew out Rutgers, blew up Maryland, you know, blew out Ball State, teams they should have. And they've got some really good players coming back on defense. They lost some guys. Getting Sean Clifford back and healthy. Losing to Jahan Dotson is going to hurt. I like Parker Washington. I like Keandre and Lambert. And last year, one of the things that hurt them last year is their running backs were garbage. (laughs) Nicholas Singleton is going to take over that job day one. I mean, they get the best running back in the country, in my opinion, coming in this year. Arguably the best running back in the country, Nicholas Singleton, who's going to add a lot to that run game. Now their number one and number two backs last year can now maybe become complimentary players is what they should be. Yeah. So I think, and and they've got a good tight end. I think this is going to be a quality football team. I really do. I think they're being underrated. I've seen a lot of rankings. Don't even have them in the top 25, which I understand based on the last two years, they have not been a good team the last two years, but uh, you know, but, I'm either going and I'm gonna be proven right or wrong by the third game of the year <laughs> because their season starts at Purdue, home against Ohio, and at Auburn.
2: The first game isn't easy. That no. first game
1: is not easy. If they're two and one coming out of that, then I think I'm gonna be proven correct. But but they have the thing about Penn State is they're the opposite of Michigan. They have a really challenging schedule.
2: Yeah.
1: And they play uh, at Michigan, home against Minnesota, home against Ohio State, at Indiana, home against Maryland, at Rutgers, home against Michigan State. The, 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 they they don't have an easy schedule, but I just think people are not giving them enough respect this year. I, I think I think Penn State's got a chance to surprise some people this year, Sean. What what, what, what who who's your top under ADD? Penn State we agree on
2: Penn State. Okay. After Penn State, I went with. I just think, man. I think their defense will be much better. They return a lot of starters on offense. BYU is going to be a challenge offensively because they're a physical team. And that matchup with Utah is one I'm going to watch early in the season. I'm going to love to watch that game because Mm -hmm. it's going to be a physical game. Offensive line is huge. They, They love to run the ball. They have a few playmakers that I'm looking forward to see if they can take the next step. I think BYU is underrated, and I think they're gonna end up being a top 20 team. I think they're gonna be end up being a top 15, top 20 team. And then Tennessee.
1: Right. Real quick last. about BYU. Real yeah. quick about BYU. You and I's number one team, or not like or the the my my number one, your number two yeah. are in a very similar situation in that we're gonna know right away. Right away. If, yes, if, if we're correct. Because after playing South Florida in the first game, they play home against Baylor and at Oregon. Yeah, <laughs> if they split those games and, and the loss is competitive, then I'm gonna because they're gonna beat Wyoming, they're gonna beat Utah, they're gonna lose in Notre Dame. But then they they're home against Arkansas. I think it's a winnable game. So to you know to your point, so it's a so tough. Yeah, stable. yeah. If they can, if they can, and if they somehow are able to win both of those games, yeah. You know, That's I kind I, of like.
2: Yeah, um, similar to what Cincinnati did when you know you kind of project when your team is going to be good right and you stack the schedule right to give your team a chance to be considered for the playoff and that's what BYU has done yeah yeah
1: so you said your third team is uh, my st- my second team is Boston College okay I think Boston College being vastly underrated this year. I don't yeah. think people are giving enough credit to what they looked like when Phil Dracovic played. Mm-hmm. Even the version of Phil Dracovic that was clearly not even close to 100% late in the year. Yeah, They were 4-2 and two last year with him as their starting quarterback. I saw one ranking that had them in the 60s and another that had them even lower than that. Uh, Lindy's has them at like 39. I I would even I would say that's about that to me would be the floor. I think Boston College is going to be a much better football team than people think that they're
2: going yeah. to be. Yeah.
1: I think when you look at them last year, they went six and six last year. They were two and zero oh in, in crushing teams. They didn't play anybody good first two yeah. games. Yeah. And then beat Missouri in overtime, and that's kind of when teams figured out, okay, here's how you beat them without Phil Jakovic. Mm-hmm. They lost a close game to could to the Clemson, and then that's when the wheels kind of fell off. Lost yeah. at Syracuse. He comes back, they beat Virginia Tech, they beat Georgia at Georgia Tech, then they lose to, to back-to-back games to Florida State and Wake Forest, so they didn't finish well. But they went 4-2 and two with Phil as the starting quarterback. And so I, I think they're going to be better this year. I think their schedule is not easy, but it, it kind of, it, you know, home against Rutgers at Virginia Tech, home against Maine, at Florida State, home against Louisville, home against Clemson. I'm not going to be shocked if they upset Clemson this year. And we'll, we'll get to that in a second. At Wake Forest, that's going to be tough. Home against at UConn, home against Duke, at NC State, at Notre Dame, home against Syracuse. So that's a very challenging schedule, but to me, that's going to keep them from being a top twenty-five team, maybe, maybe. Yeah, but I still wouldn't be surprised because they've got some dudes on that football team. Yeah, and that's what I don't think they're going to. And Jeff Happley is a very good football coach.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And they and the, the big thing too is with all the coaching turnover this year, he was able to keep his defensive coordinator. Right, that was huge. And then John Mcnulty was a solid hire. That's yeah. a good hire for them, in my opinion. So as long as the O-line can get figured out – look, they got a 1,000-yard running back comeback. they got one of the better receivers in the country coming back. George Getting George tackles was huge. Jalen Gill comes back, and then Phil comes back. I yeah. think BC is going to be a much better team than people think. Having them in the 60s seems insane to me. Yeah. You know, like – so I think – now, do I think they're going to be a top 15 team? No, because their schedule is just too hard, in right. my opinion. And then – and they still don't have enough talent on defense. That's the. I, I like their defensive coordinator. He's a good young coach. He wasn't my pick for Notre Dame. He was one of the finalists for Notre Dame. He wasn't my choice. Right. Because I just think he needs a little bit more seasoning in that role. You yeah. know? Um, But he's done a nice job there with not a lot of talent the last couple of years. Like, the athletes at BC now are not what they were when Don Brown was there. I mean, no. they don't have NFL players. They used to have NFL players on defense. John Jackson, Harold, Land, you know Harold Perkins, Harold Perkins, Harold Landry, know. Harold Landry yeah. you know uh, uh, the Allen kid, right? The other defensive end that they had, they had NFL guys. This yeah. team, this team last year didn't have NFL guys on defense, but it's getting a little bit better. Yeah, you know, and and he's a good coach. So I think that was that was important as well. Who's your number three underrated team? You said NSC. Tennessee,
2: right? Tennessee. I just yeah. love what Josh Heupel did in developing Hendon Hooker last year. The offense is going to get better. You were the first one to point this out to me when I had all the love for Georgia last year. And you were like, Sean, you need to go watch that Tennessee game. Because schematically, Hype will figure some things out to attack that secondary that no one else had done. Right. And, and that was with a depleted receiving. That card. was with a depleted receiving record, which they've upgraded that through recruiting and the transfer portal. They have some some difference makers, and they've improved their offensive line. Look, they played Georgia tough pretty much into the third quarter. They beat Kentucky. It's a super tough team. They should have beaten Pitt in their first game. They really Mm -hmm. had control of that game Mm -hmm. until a couple of turnovers and Pitt eventually won and Pitt went on to win the ACC. They had a tough schedule, and I think they showed themselves well. If that defense can improve, because you saw the shootout they had with Purdue in the bowl game. They can score. Yeah, They're going to score. It's all about that defense and whether or not the recruits they've had over the last two seasons, whether or not they can come in and, and improve enough to get to nine wins and maybe challenge for that SEC East. Because, like I said, they gave Georgia a decent game. Now they have to go to Georgia this year, so that's – it's a little different animal. A little different. That's a little different beast. But that Georgia defense, I don't think – I don't anticipate the Georgia defense being as stout. Now, they still no. have athletes. Yeah. Don't get me wrong.
1: They're still going to be really good, but yeah. there's top two good, and then there's yeah. top – Like, I thought Georgia had the best defense in the country last year. What yeah. I've said is they get too much hype Is people want to make it out to, like, this generational, you know, all-time great. And I yeah. just didn't think it was
2: that. that yeah. that's, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So – Tennessee, in my opinion, has an opportunity to be that second team in the SEC SEC East. For me, my with Tennessee,
1: it's gonna be it's gonna be about the defense. Absolutely. It's gonna be about to can, can Tim Banks get that defense. I was just looking to see how many starters they come they got coming back, and they actually have a lot of starters coming back on defense, which is important because they were super inconsistent last year on defense, yeah. Yeah. you know, like at times they're like, okay, they're figuring it out. And then at other times they are like, uh, uh-uh. but like you said, Sean, they had some games you're like that they lost that you're like, boy, they could have beat Purdue in the bowl game. Right. I mean, you know, could have beat Pitt know, could have beat Ole Miss. You know, I just think they wore down and that's when some of the injuries they had their, their issue. The only concern I have about Tennessee, Sean, and, and, and I agree with everything you said, the only concern I have is, is similar to, you know, what I have about other teams of coaches who are in year one and two, but didn't inherit a great situation. So like Marcus Freeman, what he inherited is a lot different than what Josh Heupel inherited. Right. And, and what Lincoln Riley is inheriting. And the only issue I have with Tennessee is still depth. Like last year, they showed they couldn't afford injuries last year. They just didn't have the depth of talent last year. Are they better yet? I, I don't know, but you look at their schedule. Like you said, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a challenging schedule. I mean, they get, they get LSU and Alabama both in crossover games, which is not easy. They always get Alabama because it's it's one of their rivals. But you know, you get Kentucky at home, you get Missouri at home, you get Florida at home. I think that's the biggest thing for Tennessee is the fact that you know the 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 like to me they play at Georgia. That's a lot. This is like almost one of those years where you're you're glad you're playing Georgia at Georgia because you're probably going to lose to them anyway. Yeah. just just my opinion, but. What about the next group of teams? You get the next three best teams in your division. You get them all at home. All at home. Yeah. You know, so, you know, maybe South Carolina is a little better this year. I mean, they, they're a bit of a dark horse for me. I just, I got to see it with Spencer Rattler. I just, you know, I need to see it first, but I do like what Shane Beamer is doing. But, but I mean, Kentucky, you get at home. Missouri, you get it home. Florida, you get at home. And that's, that's going to be the key. And I think they're going to beat Pitt in the second game. Yeah. I do. I'm lost way too much yeah. from last year's team, in my opinion. So I, I like Tennessee. I don't have Tennessee as underrated or because I think that they're they're they're, you know, um,
2: they're ranked like what 20 yeah. in most 20s, 30, yeah. you look. I just think they can sneak up if they get one big win. And I'm not even saying if they beat Georgia, the big win would probably be against Florida. Because I think
1: Florida beat them pretty handily last year. Yeah. Um, Florida beat them 38-14 at Florida. Yeah. That was yeah. before the wheels came off for Florida. Right. Yeah. Let's see, and... what's that rivalry looking like right now? And now the problem is Tennessee did lose some guys, though. But getting H- Hendon Hooker back was was key. It's really key. Let's see what the, I'm, I'm going to look and see what the recent history is like for Florida and Tennessee. Oh, I'm sure it's heavy Florida. Yeah, I would imagine so. Florida has won every game since 2016. So they've won five straight and they've won. I mean, Tennessee beat them in 04. Since then, beginning in 05, Florida has beaten Tennessee in every year except for 2016. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I I think that would be that would be and, and Sean, so, so so to your and point, I think
2: that, that's the main SEC East rival. But rivalry I think this it, is right? the
1: point that, that, that I think is great that you're making. Is if they beat Pitt in Game Two,
2: because
1: mm-hmm. like my thing, my thing is I don't think they're un- they're underrated because I think you know they're kind of between like twenty to twenty six, yeah. and I think that's about fair. But here's here's what I'll say: if they beat Pitt on the road, which I think they will, if they beat that Florida game is early, that's their Stanford twenty twelve. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the 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 giant they haven't been able to slay. That's not named Bama, right? Right. And then they get a bye week and then they're at lsu they could easily be five and zero going to play bama yeah. at home yeah so let's say they lose that game they're still five and one they're going to be top 15 then they get ut martin at home kentucky at home before they got to go at georgia and then after georgia they've finished they round out with missouri at home winnable at south carolina and at vanderbilt that's a Possible ten and two schedule and two right there, Sean, yeah, which would make yeah. them a top ten to fifteen team, which then would make them underrated of people that have them outside the top twenty-five. So Absolutely. that Florida game is going to be Florida LSU back to back with the buy in between. Mm-hmm. To me, to define their season. Yep, yeah. if they can win both of those games, Sean, then you're gonna, we're going to look back and be like, man, Sean nailed that one. He had Tennessee underrated. They went ten and two, and depending on what happens to Georgia, I mean, ten and two, you know could have them kind of going into some late-season games thinking, gee, if Kentucky can pull off this upset, maybe we got a chance to win the division. It's unlikely, but – or at least tie for the division league because then Georgia would win the head-to-head. But it's going to be interesting. My third pick is Minnesota. Mm. Uh, they're my sleeper team in the West this year, and you know, I, I you know, I don't. I'm not a huge PJ Fleck fan. I think PJ Fleck's a really good football coach for that level, but that that's my thing with PJ that he's at the level he should be at. Minnesota. Yeah. I, I think that they are going to have one of the best, like after Ohio State, right? So clearly, the best quarterback running back tandem in the Big Ten is is the one in Ohio State, CJ Stroud right. and Travion Henderson. After that, you could make a strong case that Minnesota has the best quarterback running back tandem coming back because if Moe Ibrahim doesn't get hurt in the opener last year, he's in the NFL right now. Yeah. And, you know, he got hurt early enough to where I don't think it's going to impact him this year. He got hurt in the opener. He but was, they were working, Ohio, working State. Ohio State. working Ohio State Before <laughs> he got hurt. Yes. I think that, number one, Minnesota doesn't play Ohio State or Michigan in, in in the crossover. Right. And they and they play at Penn State and at Michigan State, which isn't easy. But losing Mike Sanford was a huge benefit. They brought back Kirk <laughs> Siriaka, I think is how you say his name, from Penn State. He's the guy that helped build them up to that 11-2 team. He left to go to Penn State, which was dumb, and now he's yeah. back. Yeah. And and he's a much more balanced guy. He's actually – he's a real offensive coordinator. Yep. And and
2: they <laughs> you, lost a lot. You, you are sly, boy. <laughs> You're good. You're good. You're good. All I right. caught at least three. I
3: caught at
1: three. Go ahead. <laughs> so uh, – uh we don't need to talk about why colorado is going to suck this year um <laughs> but uh they got tanner morgan's back for his ninth year
2: yeah
1: uh i'm sorry sixth year they've got two of their top three receivers are coming back they mm-hmm. lost a lot on the o-line that's the only thing that gives me concern they lost four starters in the offensive line but they've got a good o-line coach i think they'll be fine i i didn't know a lot about joe rossi last year but when he was considered a candidate for the notre dame job i watched a lot of film the last thing he's a good football coach mm-hmm. And when I look at Minnesota, Sean, they got a lot coming back from their football team. They've got seven starters, five starters coming back on the offense. But again, a lot of that's the old line. Almost all their skill comes back. Defensively, they bring back six starters. A lot in the secondary. They've got some good, some good young recruits they've landed that are emerging. I think they've upgraded their coaching aspects of it, and because they were so woefully undercoached last year it was like embarrassing
2: yeah
1: and kudos to pj fleck for quickly recognizing the mistake that he made and again that's the sign of a of a, of a good football coach is can some, you can you recognize about, yeah. right can you recognize when you made a mistake it took him probably a year longer than it should have to yeah. recognize that mike sanford wasn't the guy but he recognized it and he moved on yeah and so you know and you look at their team last year they lost to bowling green by four Mm-hmm. They lost to Illinois by eight. They lost to Iowa by five, and they lost Ohio State by fourteen in the game. They were winning when Mo Ibrahim got hurt. got hurt. Yeah, they were not far off from being a better football team than they were last year. And then they beat West Virginia in the bowl game. So I'm looking at this, and I'm and I'm seeing Minnesota went went nine and four last year. Who did they in, beat in the bowl game again? Uh, West Virginia, eighteen to six. We they seen we they beat Wisconsin by ten. They blasted Indiana, blasted Northwestern, blasted mm-hmm. Maryland, beat Nebraska, who was the, like as we said was the best three and nine team in the history of college football. Beat Purdue at Purdue, blasted Colorado, and beat Miami Ohio. They're nine and four, and Lindy's has them ranked fifty sixth. Yeah, and I'm like, hold on a second. Like nine and four schedule's not easy, but it's oh, it's. You've got New Mexico State at home, Western Illinois at home, Colorado at home, dear Lord, uh, at Michigan State. I'm I'm not super sold on Michigan State. That's going to be the first test for me and my theory about Minnesota. Then you're home against Purdue at Illinois. There's a pretty good chance they're at worse 5-1 and one heading to Penn State, mm. maybe 6-0. and oh. At Penn State, that's an L to me. Then you come back home against Rutgers. At Nebraska is going to be a challenge. So, and then you're, you're, you start starting to finish the season off with home games against Northwestern and Iowa. And then at Wisconsin, that's a nine. That's a potential nine and three year right there. Eight. You know what I mean? It is. And that's way better than 56th, in my opinion. So like, that's a borderline top 25 football team right there. Yeah. And they're not getting a lot of love. So you have to know that I believe what I'm telling you for me to put PJ Fleck and James Franklin in my underrated list. Yeah. But I really think that that Minnesota is going to be a
2: is, is going to be a, a quality team this year. Yeah, I do. Iowa offensively, I think is going to continue to struggle. They yeah. lose their big game guys, special teams. that made a lot of plays offensively on reverses yeah. and yeah. screen passes. The secondary won't be as good, in my opinion. I mean, they're usually good in the trenches. That's who Iowa is. That's their identity. Mm-hmm. And then, but losing they, the center doesn't help. No, no, and then a really good center, like <laughs> an elite center. First-round
1: draft picket center. Yeah, right.
2: and, you know, Wisconsin is Wisconsin. Right, I, I expect Paul Chris to have them ready, and they will be a good team. Jim Leonard's going to have a good defense. Yep. Solid front seven, but they lost a lot at linebacker. So that that Big Ten West is going to be interesting.
1: And I think Nebraska is – I didn't even look to see where Nebraska
2: was because they could be my other one. Um I could see Nebraska being a sleeper because they played Ohio State tough. They they impressed me in the trenches. They're forty
1: eighth the here, which they went three and nine last year, and they got yeah, in the top just, fifty.
2: Right? They just yeah. didn't have a quarterback, and they didn't have right. the guys outside. They got to
1: prove it to me, but yeah. I could see them being a factor in that. The point, my point was, I could see them being a factor in this
2: in the race, in, in, that, yeah. in this thing as well. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yes. So so yeah. We just don't know what to say about Clemson. Well, sleeper team. We're going to do that before Clemson. Who's your
1: sleeper team? Who's your team that maybe is even ranked in the top 25 that you're not going to say underrated? Because, like, for me, I'll give mine. Mine's Texas.
2: Right.
1: the reason I'm going with Texas my sleeper team is because I could see Texas not being very good, but I could also see all the things kind of working together and they're really good. Yeah. And win the Big 12. Now I don't think they're a playoff team, but I you know, I, I think that I think that Texas is a team that I'm not willing to say they're underrated because they still have a lot of question marks for me. But Texas is a team to me that I'm that I'm like, if the I'm not a look, I'm not a Quinn Ewers guy. I think Quinn Ewers is a pretty overrated recruit, if I'm gonna yeah. be completely honest with you. Yeah. You know, people talking about you know, oh generational this and that. And no, he's not that guy. But he's not terrible either, and he's going to have one of the most explosive receivers in the country to throw to. They the receiving core as a whole is going to be is going to be pretty decent, in my yeah. opinion. You got Xavier Worthy who's coming back; he'll be a sophomore. You've got Jordan Worthy, who's a nice player. Isaiah Nayer. You've got some other weapons at receiver. You got one of the best running backs, if not the best running back in the country, coming back in Bijan Robinson. They return three starters on the offensive line. They just signed one of the best offensive line classes in the country. It's not like seven or eight guys. Yeah. A couple of them are capable of playing as freshmen. And Kyle Flood's one of the best line coaches in the country. And so when I look at Texas, I see a team that just didn't know how to win last year. Like, you look at their game, Sean. What they finish? Five and seven? Isn't that what they were last year? They Five and seven? They dominated
2: Oklahoma. Early. Right. Just
1: choked, they didn't know how to win. Yeah. They lost. Uh, they they blew out T- uh, Texas Tech. I mean, they were they were five and four and one at one point. Then they choked the game away to Oklahoma. They blew the a fourth quarter lead twice against Oklahoma State. Lost to Baylor by a touchdown. Lost to Kansas in overtime, and lost at West Virginia by eight. They just didn't know how to win. Yeah. But they could have won. There was only one game last year they couldn't have won. And that oh. they got blown out by – who? it was like some weird – Iowa State smacked yeah. them. They had a chance to win every other game that they played in. Yep, I but agree. The reason I'm not ready to say they're underrated, because I could see them being a top-10 team by the years in. But the reason I'm not ready to go there yet and say they're underrated or underrated, and more as a sleeper team is because I don't know if C. Sarkeesian can fix that. Yeah. He wasn't yeah. exactly a, a world-beater at Washington. When they were seven and six, eight and five, pretty much every year, he's never shown me he can be a guy that can get that team to that level as a head coach, offensive coordinator, different story. Yeah. And so it's just it's more of a question mark. But if Sarkeesian has learned from his USC Washington days, and has that team kind of can get that team to know how to win, Mm -hmm. that's a that's the most to me, the best roster in the, in the Big 12 top to bottom. And he's put together a pretty good coaching staff. <laughs> I agree. So, that's my sleeper team. I'm not ready to say they're underrated yet cuz I they got a lot to prove to me. But if if the if the pieces all fit and he push can push the right buttons, I could see Texas being a top 10 team by the year's end. Yep. Yep, and my, yep.
2: My sleeper team Cincinnati.
1: Okay. They're just being dismissed as a top twenty-five. They are being
2: dismissed, and I think at this point, Fickle has laid the foundation that they're a program now. Mm-hmm. Like that last couple of years are uh, more of a trend than just something that's going to have this uh, precipitous fall off. Mm-hmm. And I don't see that. So
1: they are twenty-first in Lindsay's yeah. Lindy's.
2: Yeah, I can see them easily being in the top ten. Like, yeah. yeah,
1: the first game of the year is going to be the key. Yeah, at Arkansas, that's going to be. Ooh, the key. that's another
2: sleeper, possible yeah. sleeper
1: team. Yeah, I like. I I I, I thought it was. I admit, KJ is back at quarterback. I love KJ. Yeah, yeah, He's back. Yeah. yeah, they did lose Traylon Burks, but they got some. They had a kid transfer in. Yeah, they got a kid trans. They had a transfer in too. But the at-Arkansas game is key. They got to be competitive there. I mean, they can win the rest of their games. Kennesaw State, Miami Ohio, Indiana, at Tulsa, home against South Florida, at SMU who lost their coach. Right. At UCF, Gus Malzahn, you know, whatever. Navy at home, ECU at home, at Temple, home against Tulane. I mean, they're, they're going to run off the rest of their games. Yeah. Right?
2: That first game is is the game.
1: If they can win that game, they're, I mean, so that's like to me – to drop them from a playoff team to not even in the top 20, some don't even have them in the top 25. Yeah. Seems, seems to be where if they can beat Arkansas, Sean, we could potentially be talking about them being undefeated again. Yeah. Now, I don't know if they're going to be able to do that. I mean, they lost their offensive coordinator too. Right. They lost their special teams coach. I mean, they lo- they lost one of their DB coach. Oste. That's the thing that gives me pause is, is they lost some really good football coaches, but they've got some play. I mean, Evan Prater, The kid that, let me, are they projecting Evan Prater to be the starting quarterback? Because he was a four-star recruit, and he was a good football player coming out of high school. Let me see here. Yeah, they have Evan Prater projected to be the starting quarterback this year. He was a four-star recruit coming out of high school. You know, Corey Kiner is their running back. He transferred in from LSU. He was a four-star running back that had a Notre Dame offer. Jaden Thompson was a dude for them last year. Uh, Tyler Scott was—he's the kid that smoked I, uh, Kyle Hamilton for a touchdown, and they got all five starters coming back from the on the offensive line. They're not going to be bums all of a sudden on offense, no, no. right? I mean, no. and I look—I like Desmond Ritter, but I love their their offensive coordinator Gino Gauduoli. You remember him? Yeah. So I mean, I, I just—I look at him, Sean, and I know they—they they lost a lot on defense. I get it. I, I get it, but uh, they got a lot of kids coming back. That like Jaheem Thomas, one of their linebackers, he's four star recruit. Malik Van, four star recruit. Juwan Briggs, four star recruit. You know, so for all the people that love the recruiting rankings, they, they got some dudes. But I, I just, I just don't see them going from playoff team to outside the top twenty five, like some people are projecting. Yeah, I, I just don't. And, and so, but the, the first game is going to be the key, Sean.
2: I agree. That's
1: going to be the key. They can beat Arkansas. Or even just take Arkansas down to the wire, and then run the table. Yeah. They're going to be a top twenty football team. Yep. I mean, they're well, I mean, if that happens, they're going to be in the New Year Six Bowl because they're going to yep. get that group of six invitation. They're going to yep. be the highest ranked group of six team at that point. Time. All right, Clemson. We know. had a hard. We had, this is interesting because because part of us wanted to have Clemson in the overrated category. Yeah. Because I mean, like people are just assuming Clemson is going to jump back into the top four, and like, Lindy's has them in the playoff. Right. They have them ranked fourth. I'm like, almost, I think the lowest I've seen them ranked is fifth. Yeah. And, and my thought is, why? (laughs) Right. Like, well, okay. Reason number one, track record. Okay. Right. Reason number two, that defensive front seven is going to be filthy. I'll be honest with you right now, though. You can say whatever you want about Notre Dame secondary. I would not trade their secondary for Clemson's. Would not. Would not they have Notre Dame's two best secondary players are better than Clemson's two best secondary players. Fact. Now the difference is, is Clemson has a better front seven right now. Absolutely. And they're one of the few teams in the country that I think can say that They'll say that. Yep. And, and they're front four, especially, I mean, we can maybe debate linebacker, you know, maybe they're much better than Notre Dame. Maybe Notre Dame's better than them, depending on what you think of Maris little foul. But to me, it's like, they're, they're just, they're just better. Right. With all due respect, I love Notre Dame's guys, but they're just better. But Offensively, I think they're just there's this assumption that I think people are still working with the assumption that DJ Uiungule is a five star quarterback, (laughs) and I think they're working with an assumption that last year was just a down year for them, and the problem is me, you, Vince all called Clemson's fall off last year. Because what we saw in 2019 and 2020 is what nobody else saw, yep. which was they had two dudes on that foot, on that football team. I'd argue three. I want to throw Amari Rodgers in there. But they had three guys on that offense in 19 and 20 that masked a lot of holes on that football team. Yes. And that was Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, and Amari Rodgers. And they were just able to out-talent some people, which is why they got embarrassed the way that they did in their postseason games in those two years. LSU just just worked them. Now, that was a great LSU team. They had – I mean, Trevor Lawrence had to put that team on the shoulders to beat Ohio State. They got outplayed by Ohio State on almost every other position except one quarterback. Yep. 2020, they went and played Ohio State, and even Trevor wasn't good enough to rescue that team. Right. And and uh, and then they come out last year and I was not at all surprised by their struggles last year. I mean, some of the teams they lost who surprised me, but we predicted them to fall off last year. Yeah, because and I don't think that's all of a sudden been fixed because Tony Elliott's not as if he was the problem. That was the offensive coordinator for two national championship teams. Can we stop pretending like he was the problem? Right. From a from a play calling standpoint, the problem is the quarterback stunk. <laughs> the problem is the offensive line stunk. The problem is they haven't recruited the same way and they have started recruiting more highly ranked guys that don't fit that offense. Mm A bunch of tall, highly ranked possession recruit guys, as opposed to, you know, the slots and the speed and the, and that type of thing. They went away from the recipe that worked, even though they had their two highest ranked recruiting classes are going to make up this team. So I think their defense is, but here's the thing. Here's the flip of that, Sean, for me. And this is why I didn't put them in the overrated category. Their defense is nasty, and outside of Notre Dame, their schedule is soft. Super soft. And that's why I could see them maybe finishing in the top 10, being the ACC champ, maybe being a playoff team, even if they lose to Notre Dame. Because at Georgia Tech, Furman at home, Louisiana Tech at home, at Wake Forest, I don't know what it is, but Wake Forest just does not know how to play against Clemson. No. Uh, Right? Home against NC State, this is going to define their season, this stretch right here. At Wake, home against NC State, at BC, at Florida State. If they come out of that undefeated – they're going to be a playoff team because I even think if they go on the road and lose, Notre Dame's probably not blowing Clemson out. Even if they beat them, mm-hmm. they're not going to blow. Their defense is too good to get blown out, in my opinion. No, no. If they Before lose that, a close game, can have to Notre Dame turn the
2: ball over a bunch. A bunch yeah, to yeah, get blown out.
1: Yeah, yeah. It would have. Yeah, you're right, Sean. It'd have to be something like that. It'd have to yeah. be something like Notre Dame, NC State in 2017, Right. where you have a pick six, uh, you know, another turnover that sets you up a score, that kind of thing. Then, then they finished the year at three straight home games against Louisville, Miami, and South Carolina. I think Miami's going to be a top 25 team, and 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 so that'll be a quality win. I think Louisville's going to be a decent team. I think South Carolina's going to be an improved team. So even if they lose in Notre Dame, they got a chance to have three good wins Agreed. if they're undefeated. Yep. So that Wake, NC State, BC, Florida State stretch of their schedule is going to determine whether they're a playoff team or not. I agree. I and agree. so I'm just – I could see them being in the top 10, even though I don't think this is a typical Clemson team. Yeah,
2: very easily they could lose one of those games as well, like because of the quarterback situation. The defense is going to have them in every game, but they have the quarterback situation Mm -hmm. that could literally give a game away. And you know what I said about Wake Forest, for
1: whatever it is, I don't know why, but Wake Forest just doesn't know how to play against – they just know how to play against Clemson. I'm, I'm gonna look up the schedule now because I want to. I want to kind of back up my point, but like to me, last year is a perfect example. I mean, we we definitely know last year, and I just I didn't understand why Wake Forest just just when you like that was the year. This was their year to beat Clemson, to and beat then not them. only did they not
2: beat Clemson, they got destroyed. destroyed. Is now it does Wake Forest? They uh, haven't beaten them since 08. Do they find a chink in the armor with Venables gone?
1: Right. But here's been the 21 point difference 24, 49, 60, 14, Mm. 22, 20, 14, 49, 29. They haven't had a a single digit margin of victory since 2011 against Wake Forest, against Clemson. Yeah. I mean, Clemson has just dominated them. The flip side, BC. Under Jeff Halfley is not afraid of Clemson. No. No. Should have beat him two years ago, right? Yep. And almost beat him last year with outfield Without Outfield yeah. And so now Clemson's got to come back to Boston College. That's the game that's going to determine both teams' seasons in a lot of ways. Agreed. That's going to be a really interesting game, Sean. I think part of it is, and somebody somebody said down there talking about the, the wake issues, the long mesh point, I think there's a merit to that because they try to do that long developing run game stuff, and Clemson's offensive – defensive line is just pushing their offensive line back into the – It's yeah, yeah. like Stanford had that recipe against Oregon for a few years where they just right. beat them up up front. Right. Um. But, but you know, that BC game is it because BC has given them a game twice in two years. yeah. yeah. And 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 look, BC gave him a game in 2019 as well. If I remember correctly, it was at BC. They won. No, no, it was 20 2019. They killed BC. What year was it? With was it the 2018 year? Yes. Beat uh, Clemson beat them 27 to seven in 2000 in 2018. Yeah. But if you go back and watch that game, it was a competitive game for a while. Clemson, yeah. like they, because BC was beating them up in the trenches. Right. It's just they couldn't They couldn't, they couldn't score. score. Right. But, I mean, because here's what – I mean, they here's what Clemson did leading into that game. 63 points, 41 points, 59 points, 77 points, 27 against yeah. BC. You know, and then the next week, 35, 56, 30 against Notre Dame's great defense, and then 44 against Alabama. Right. So – Clemson is an interesting one, Sean. I just don't know what to do with them.
2: No, they are the enigma of the 2022 football season. It's like, right? It could go either way.
1: Yeah, I could see him as a play. I could see him as one of the a not very good playoff team, and they'll get destroyed in the playoff if they make it. And then the other one is, is I could see them dropping. Look, if they lose to BC, I could see them. I could see them dropping a few. I really could. Go I'm on. I'm gonna pull their schedule back up here. Cause here's another team I'm I'm we'll we'll go through the conferences like at some point, but at Wake Forest, do they turn things around? NC State at home, are we right or wrong about them? At BC could be a loss, but if they lose to BC, it would not completely shock me if that team gets shook and goes and loses the next know, week at see. Florida
2: State. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Florida State's another interesting team this year, Sean. This is a very
2: me. important year for Dabo in that program. Yeah, just big picture, mm-hmm. very important year. Yep. To because I think they have a pretty good quarterback that's coming to campus this year, and if they can kind of reestablish themselves and build off of that with with him going into the next mm-hmm. couple of years, I think they'll be okay. But like you said, if they falter a little bit. It
1: could be the end.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And he's made some questionable hires, questionable because they're just unknowns. It's a bunch of former players. Yeah. His O-line coach has never been an O-line coach. He's a former player. You know, promoting Brandon Streeter to the offensive coordinator job, former player. I mean, he's hired a lot of those kind of – I mean, the the defensive coordinator now is a guy that a couple years ago was like the personal assistant, basically, to Bruce Arians. Right. You know know what I mean? Like – so that's who you replaced Brent Venables with. You know what I mean? Like, you had a Ferrari. It, it's, it's, you had a Ferrari and yeah. you handed the keys to some dude that was a valet. Yeah. Right. So it's, it, that's, it, a
2: great, no, that's a great, now that's a great. Now,
1: it's either going to be really bad because he's a freaking valet or he's a valet who's driven a lot of cars and he knows how to drive that sucker. Right. right and right. he may not be a, you know what I mean? He's, like, it's going to go one way. Too a street
2: racer. Right. Right. You <laughs> just guy. didn't know
1: it. This is what he did kind of as a side hustle to, right. you know. Uh, so it, it could go one of two ways. Right. Yep. And and I just don't, I don't know how it's going to go, Yeah, but they're a very intriguing team for me. Yeah. And, and here's a sleeper team in the ACC. And I'll leave it at this Florida state, Florida state has a lot coming back. They were a team that last year is a lot like Texas. They just didn't know how to win. Yeah. They lost an overtime to Notre Dame. Lost by three points at Jacksonville State, blew a lead at home against Louisville, lost by eight, lost by 10 at Clemson in a competitive game. Clemson put away late.
2: Yeah.
1: Lost to NC State convincingly. Then they beat Miami, beat BC on the road, and then only lost by three at Florida. Yeah. They're another team that was not, I mean, if they can learn how to win, they're going to surprise some people. Yeah. Travis. And is- the Clemson game could be the game. There's two games for me that, that could go a long way towards determining Florida State, and I think if if Norvell doesn't show promise this year, he's never going to do it. Yeah, he just won't get the patience. Yeah, he's got two chances to really make a statement. Number one, and they're LSU on a neutral field in Game Two. That's Game One for LSU. That's Game Two for Florida State. Yeah, they played Duquesne the week before, and who was a I think a playoff team, FCS playoff team last year. Right. And then, you know, by week, and then, you know, at Louisville, tough. BC at home, tough. Wake at home, tough. At NC State, tough. Like, this is a tough stretch. But then, if they can just be like, if they can beat LSU, and let's say they lose two of those games, and all of a sudden they're four and two, all of a sudden you beat, beat Florida State or Clemson at home. You're now, what, five and two, six and two? You've got Florida at home, Louisiana at home, Georgia Tech at home, at Syracuse, all winnable games. And then you lose at Miami. Yeah. all of a sudden you got a nine and three year and you've turned this thing around. Right. If you can beat Clemson. So LSU and Clemson, but if you lose both of those games, you have no chance of being over 500. Right. In my opinion.
2: Right. Yep. So
1: that's a team to watch, but that, that Clemson floor state game is going to mean a lot for both teams. And a floor state Clemson game hasn't meant a lot in a while. No. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see that. So uh, that's it, Sean, man. I did four hours yesterday, three and a half today. I'm not going to talk to anyone for the next two days. Please rest, so me, bro. Yes, yes. I miss because I, I went three days out doing a show. And I had a lot to say. Yeah, uh, but uh, loved the show. Uh, everybody, thank you all so much for being with us on a Saturday. Uh, had tons of fun. We'll be back Monday for a recruiting hour. And Sean and I will be back next week. We're going to have some really fun topics for you again next week. Yep. Uh, we we'll, we don't know what they're going to be yet. They will be determined during our phone conversations <laughs> during the week. <laughs> uh, but uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. So make sure you hit that like button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. Share the podcast. Sign up for the message boards at com. Check out all our sponsors. Tons of stuff in the merch store check out the lucky lefty podcast obviously as well uh, you had two former Notre Dame greats that played on the last two elite Notre Dame football teams 88 uh, and 93 yeah so you want to check that out as well and uh, of course we can continue this conversation on the message board if you sign up 4.99 a month or 49.99 for a year I love what we got going on there so we can continue this conversation. So for my man, Sean Davis, I'm Brian Driscoll. You all are Ivy Nation. Thanks so much for joining us on the Irish Breakdown Podcast, and we will talk to you again very, very soon.